morning is good to be with you. We'll open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is, or was, the son of Nun. He was from the lineage of Ephraim. And he's introduced to us in the time period when the Israelites, the nation of God's people, are journeying after their exit uh, from Egypt. We first read about Joshua in Exodus chapter 17 when he is put in charge to lead the fight against the Amalekites. He's also described to us in the book of Exodus as the servant of Moses. A couple occasions that's, uh, referred, that's referred to him. On one uh, such occasion is when it says the servant of Moses was the one who went with him to Mount Sinai. Another occasion it talks about how when God would speak to Moses at the tent of meeting, that Joshua would remain at the tent meeting. When Moses was done talking and would leave, then Joshua would stay behind. Perhaps he's best known in the, the story surrounding the spies. The twelve spies that are sent into the you know, land of Canaan. And he and Caleb are the only two that continue to trust in God, uh, who believe that there is no obstacle there's nothing too hard, too difficult, too big for God you know, to be able you know, to accomplish. And so they knew God could do what he, you know, he promised to them in regard to giving them that land. He is described as the one that God commissioned. He commissioned Joshua to receive authority. And the Israelites were going to be required to obey him. He was the one that would be uh, given the, the authority uh, and the task of dividing up the land to the twelve tribes of Israel. And so in Joshua chapter 1, we are at basically the shores of the Jordan River. And he's standing there with the promised land out before him, and God gives him a charge. And he charges Joshua to be strong and courageous. And we'll begin by reading our text. In Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, all the way down through verse 9. And it says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only 
strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you think about these two attributes, strength and courage, I would suggest to you that, that these things are not get this these things are not simply some genetic trait or some personality trait that you just have with no effort. Rather, the fact that God commands Joshua to be strong, He commands Joshua to be courageous, implies that they are character choices. That Joshua has a choice to make. If he is going to be strong or courageous or not. Now, that involves action. That involves decisions. That involves determination. But Joshua is going to have to take actions to achieve the task that he has been given. That he has been given and the goal that was set before him. And God says, you're going to need strength and you're going to need courage. And so you need to be strong and you need to be courageous. Because God knew God knew what it was going to take for Joshua to do what he expected him to do. If you think about it in the context that we read here in Joshua chapter 1, on the other hand, you think about this idea of warning. He talked a couple times where, back here, warnings where he says, do not tremble, or do not be dismayed, or do not fear. Well, that implies that there was a possible different path that Joshua could take. Joshua, you need to be strong and you need to be courageous, but don't be fearful. Don't be dismayed. And so he has a choice to make. Which one is Joshua going to do? Which one is he going to be? Because cultivating strength, cultivating courage is a challenge. It's a challenge. To be courageous, to be strong, is not something that you automatically have. You've got to decide that you're going to be strong. You've got to decide that you're going to be courageous. And the reason why you need that is because the future, you don't know what it's going to be. That future can hold a number of different circumstances. A number of different scenarios that could actually sow fear in your heart. It could sow dismay in the heart of those who are unprepared. In the hearts of those who are ungrounded people. Because tomorrow brings what is unknown today. Well, you can make plans, and I can make plans, but we don't know what tomorrow will be. And so God says to Joshua, you need to be strong, Joshua. You need to be courageous. 
Because I've given you a task. I, I put you on a, mi a mission here. But you don't know how it will unfold. And so Joshua is told to leave no room for fear in your life. Give no place for dismay. That is, those feelings of apprehension. Those feelings of discouragement. Don't let those things find root in your heart, Joshua. You need to be strong. You need to be courageous. And it should strike you the fact that God says that more than once in this little paragraph that we just read. More than once, God kept saying, Joshua, this is what, you, this is, what it's going to take for you to do to what I've asked you to do. And we're not Joshua. And we have not been given the task that Joshua was given. But do we live at a time wherein we need courage? Do we live at a time that we need strength? In Hebrews chapter 1, we're clearly told that we live in these last days. The last days in which the Holy Spirit describes where God has spoken, while God has communicated His will through His only begotten Son. We live in the last days. Do we need courage? Do we need strength? Well, yes, of course we do. Particularly when you begin breaking it down in all the different ways that we need that in our lives. For example, do, do you need courage to profess your faith? Not just to have it, but to profess it. Do you need courage to do that? Do you need strength to speak the truth in love? Do you need courage to be willing to lose your job? For righteousness' sake. What about do you need courage to, to oppose Satan's agents of sin? Encourage to do that. To stand up and oppose those avenues, those schemes that the devil uses in the battle against God. Do you need courage to resist continually temptation? Do you need strength to expose darkness? We are children of light, called to walk in the light. But not only to walk in the light, but to expose darkness. Do we need strength to do that? Do you need courage to go alone against the majority? To be a David, to be an Elijah, to be a Daniel? Do you need courage to do that in your life, in your circumstances? Do you need strength to love the Lord more than your family? Do you need strength to do that? To love the Lord more than you love your mom and dad? To love the Lord more than you love your kids? Do you need strength to do that? Do you need strength to risk your own life to fight the good fight? Are you, are you willing to lay down your life like Paul did? 
to serve brethren, even if it means losing or risking your life. Are you willing to be that kind of servant? What about staying married in our modern age? Does that take courage and strength? What about forgiveness in a very unforgiving culture? Be strong and courageous, God says. Yes, we need to learn the lesson of Joshua. And learn that we, we've got to work at cultivating these attributes. It is a choice we make. It's a character that we Cultivate, and that we want to have in us every day as we go out into the world and to live for God and to fight for the faith that can save souls. Courage is very much needed today because of what the future holds. In the context of Joshua, we have Moses has has lived to be 120 years old, but God was not going to allow Moses to cross the Jordan River into Canaan. And one of the things that uh, Moses did was before he died, before he left this world, he encouraged Joshua. Because he was actually told to do so. You go back in, in Deuteronomy, early on in the book, where God is telling Moses, as he's giving his farewell words to the nation, he's told, you need to encourage Joshua. Because he's the man I've chosen to step in your shoes. And so over in Deuteronomy chapter 31, if you will turn your Bibles back a few pages to the 31st chapter of Deuteronomy, let us note just a few things that are recorded for us in this, this chapter. There in verse 7 and verse 8, it says, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel. So here is Moses and Joshua before the nation. Yeah. And so while they're standing before the nation of Israel, this is what Moses tells Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to your fathers to give them, and you should give it to them as an inheritance. He said, Joshua, you, you need to be strong and because the Lord has sworn this, and this is your job now. Verse 8, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And so Moses, before he died made sure he encouraged Joshua regarding the mission, the task that God was giving him. You think about the word encourage, basically has the concept of instilling courage in the other person. What's interesting, in the, in the context of 31 now, though, Later on in this chapter, what we find is that then God now speaks to Moses and Joshua together. And what we have here is the fact that God calls them to the tent of meeting, to the tabernacle, because God knows. God knows what's going to happen. And he knows what's going to happen because he knows the hearts of the Israelites. And listen now to some things that God has to say to both of them. 
here in chapter 31, beginning in verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers, which basically means, Moses, you're going to die. You're soon to die, Moses. And listen to what it then says. And this people will arise and play the harlot with the strange gods of the land, into the midst of which they are going, and will forsake me, and break my covenant with which I have made with them. And then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and hide my face from them, and they will be consumed. And many evils and many troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Is it not because our God is not among us that these evils have come upon us? But I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they will do. For they will turn to other gods. Now therefore, write this song for yourselves and teach it to the sons of Israel. Put it on their lips so that this song may be a witness for me against the sons of Israel. And that's what you have in chapter 32. In the song that he's told to write down. God goes on to say, For when I bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey, he says, basically, so when I give them this rich land, he says, which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and are satisfied and become prosperous, then they will turn to other gods and serve them and spurn me and break my covenant. Then it shall come about when many evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify before them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten from the lips of their descendants. For I know their intent, which they are developing today, before I brought them into the land which I swore. And so we have God here basically saying, the reason you need strength, the reason you need courage, because I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly how these, these, these people of mine, whom I have chosen, whom I have sanctified, whom I have entered a covenant with, I know exactly how the story ends. And what's going to transpire all between. The beginning and the end. And so he tells them, they're going to turn away to the false gods of the nations in which they you know, will live and conquer. And they will be unfaithful to me. So God's telling this to Moses and Joshua. You know, Moses is not long to be on the earth, so he's not going to be a witness of any of this. But Joshua is going to be around for a while. And God says, this is what's going to, this is what you're, 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 you're going to have to deal with. This is the kind of people that you are leading into what I have promised. This is what you're going to have to face. And he says, they're going to turn to the false gods of the nations. And they're going to be unfaithful to me. And, and as a result, they're going to suffer the consequences of their sins. Because my anger will be kindled against them. And then to me, what's even you know, more striking is there in verse 20... When he talks about the prosperity of this promised land, he says, okay, when I've given them everything I promised them, and everything is good and wonderful, and they are at ease, he says, then they'll turn away from me. That their prosperity, the very blessing 
that God's going to give them, this prosperous blessing has become the soil of their unbelief. That's why you need courage. That's why you need strength, because you, we don't know what we'll bring tomorrow, but God does. And God knows that tomorrow will not always be a pretty picture. The things can get worse. And you need the strength and the courage to withstand. Having done all to stand firmly in the battle of faith and soul. In the same chapter you have down in verse 27, Moses actually saying this to them. So it shifts now. God ends his conversation and Joshua's commission. And again told in verse 23, be strong and courageous. For this is what you're going to be doing. Notice what it says there in verse 27. Where Moses says, I know your rebellion and your stubbornness. Behold, while I am still alive with you today, you have been rebellious against the Lord. He says, I know you people. I know you well. And he says, if this is what you've done while I was with you, in the end by saying, how much more... Then after my death. Do we need courage? Do we need strength? To live in the 21st century. Yes we do. Because we live in days that are evil. We live at a time of ungodliness and falsehood. We live at a time that is described in the New Testament where Jesus says in John 3.19 that men will love the darkness more than the light. We live at that time. Or in Romans chapter 1 where the Apostle Paul writing to the saints in the city of Rome and encouraged them in the culture in which they live. And he says there that men will exchange the truth of God for a lie. Imagine that. To exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Or described in verse 29 where they will be filled with all unrighteousness and wickedness and greed. We live in some evil days, brethren. Be strong. Be courageous. Galatians 1 talks about how believers will turn their hearts to distorted Gospels. Gospels that will not save them. We live at that time. Or in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19, where it talks about how the hearts will greedily pursue sensuality and purity. Just look around yourself. We're surrounded by it. Or as the Apostle John writes in 1 John Chapter 2, verse 15, where he says, Men will love the world and love the things in the world more than they have the love of the Father. Peter warns about how that there will be false teachers. False teacher to, teachers that introduce destructive heresy, destructive doctrines. That is still going on, even the 21st century. The Antichrist is very much still alive today. 
as it was in the first century. And as Paul warned in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Christians are growing tired today of sound doctrines. They're growing tired of the truth of Jesus Christ. And so what do they do? They, they seek teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Because they want to hear something that appeases their own selfishness and their own physical desires. We need just as much strength and courage to take a step forward today as Joshua did in his lifetime. But you have good reasons, though, to be strong. You do have good reasons to be courageous because our strength and our courage... To succeed in our God-given task, in our God-given missions. Just like Joshua, our strength does not come from ourselves. It's not that we can, we can go deep within ourselves and find you know, a well of strength just within ourselves. Or a well of courage somewhere and, that will, and we can kind of pull that up outside of ourselves. Well, that's not where we get our strength. That's not where we get our courage. It comes from the one, the very one in whose image we are made and who is our commander. That's where our strength is. That's where courage is found. It's not simply in us. It is in him. And that's ex exactly what Joshua was told. Joshua was given a number of reasons to be strong and courageous. And to take courageously this leadership role that he was commissioned to carry. It was given to him. I'm not sure if he picked it. It was handed to him. And he accepted it. But you think about the different things that we're told, for example, in Deuteronomy chapter 31. It begins there when you go back to that context where we're told that God has sworn. God has sworn to the fathers to give the land as an inheritance. Verse 7. He says, Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. Why? Because I have sworn to give them the land. God does not lie. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. I have made a promise. I have given my word. I am bringing them in. Just as I promised their fathers. You take strength. You take courage, Joshua. Because I don't lie. In the same context of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, we find how he is described as the very one who is going ahead of them. Now Joshua was commissioned to be the leader you know, to lead the nation. But he wasn't doing it by himself. He wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't all in, in, simply in Joshua's hands. It was in God's hands. And God says, I am going before you. I am with you. I will not fail you. That's where Joshua would find his strength. Knowing who God is. Knowing 
what God had promised, knowing what God had encouraged him with. In the same chapter, verse 31, I mean, chapter 31, verse 23, he went in to say, to say I have promised that you, Joshua, you, Joshua, will bring them into this land. Where you step, where you step, I have already given the land to you. And you think about that idea. The idea of that, you know, that God has promised, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you, I'm gonna bring them in, even though he's already said, this is a disobedient nation. I know their hearts, I know their intentions. I know they're going to rebel against me. I know they're going to turn to these other gods that are not gods at all. I know all of that. He said, but Joshua, you will succeed. Just be strong and courageous in the task I've given you. Because I have spoken. I have spoken this. It's a done deal. It's done. Be strong and courageous. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, when you think about it, as you can go back to our context, and there, as he, God is concluding his, his motivational speech here, his pep talk here to Joshua, he says, Have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You think about it, God says, I have commissioned you, I have commanded you, so go do it. Just go and do what I have told you to do. Now that may sound simple. And in one sense, yes, it is that simple. But the challenge is, what will tomorrow bring? Tomorrow will bring challenges. Difficulties, hardships, hurdles, obstacles. But God says, be strong, Joshua. Be courageous, Joshua, because I have spoken, I have sworn, I am the one who is going ahead of you. I am the one who has commissioned you and called you into this task. That is true with us as well. You think about it. The same is true for you and me today. In your families, in, your, in the church, in the community, every Christian, every Christian is called to go forth and overcome and conquer. Every one of us. Not just elders and deacons, not just preachers and teachers. Every soul that's been added to the body of Jesus Christ by the power of God, because of God's grace through faith, every soul who is an adopted child of God is called forth to be strong and courageous in the mission and task that we are given. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, a very familiar passage to many of us, and it's designed to be a passage of exhortation, a passage of uplifting, a passage to build us up. And he says, what, what then shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, if God is for us, who is against us? Say that to yourself. And believe it. If God is for you, who's against you? Be strong. Be courageous. He goes on to ask, He who did not spare his own son, that son was for you. That son was for the world. But that son was for you too. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered it up over for us all, how will they not also with him freely give us all things? Be strong. Be courageous. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. I can't help but when I read Romans chapter 8 to think about the same admonishment, the same exhortation, and the same spiritual pep talk that Moses and God gives Joshua, reminding him of not only of his task and his mission, but who was backing it. Who was really the one leading him? Who was the one who had spoken? It's God. The God who justifies. Who, so who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who also intercedes for us. Bill talked this morning the, how fundamental and essential, not only the fact of the resurrection, but our faith in the resurrection is to us. Christ has been raised. Be strong. Be courageous. Now, are there things that can rattle and shake us? Of course there are. Verse 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril sword? Yes. Sometimes those things do. Even Christians lives. Let's don't be arrogant and pride and self-righteous. The things that happen in the world, the things that happen in our lives, the things that can happen tomorrow can separate some from the love of Christ. But we are called to be strong. We are called to be courageous. And we have good reasons to do so. Why? Because in verse 37, And in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him. Not through us. That's not how we conquer. It's not through us. It's through Him. And so it's through Him who loved us. It's in Him who justifies us. It's Him who died and was raised for us. It's through Him that we conquer and overcome. But that means that you're going to have to be strong and courageous. And to stand firm on that fact and on that truth. That no matter what happens to you and no matter what can happen to you and me, or what is happening right now, that we need to be strong. And we need to be courageous in the mission and the task 
that God has given us as his people. It's not about self-preservation on earth. It's about taking the call of God, the call of Christ, and stepping out and doing what we're called to do no matter what the risk is to ourselves. Like Jude in Jude 3, we need to be contending. We need to be fighting for the one faith. There is one faith that saves. But to contend and to engage in that battle and to be engaged in that fight, not only you know, in a general sense, but also sometimes in a very personal way. It takes courage and it takes strength. But Jude said, Beloved, while I was making every, every effort to write to you about our common salvation, that's a wonderful subject. And it's an important subject, and we need to, and we need to encourage each other with that, with that theme of the common salvation we have. But he said, Beloved, I felt it necessary, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which is once for all handed down to the saints. It's a fight, is it not? And sometimes the fight is just yourself. You have to contend earnestly yourself, just for yourself, to keep the one thing. Because we live in evil times. We live in, in, in ungodly times. We live in a time of lies and deceit. But we must contend earnestly. So be strong. Be courageous. In conclusion, think about the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Where Paul reminds not only Timothy, but all Christians as well through the evangelist. He reminds how important it is that we be strong soldiers. It's not a physical fight. It is a spiritual fight. And it's a, it, it's, it's a fight for souls, for your own soul as well as the souls of others. The soul of your loved ones and the souls of your enemies. It doesn't matter who it is. And we need to be strong. Verse 1 of chapter 2, 2 Timothy. You therefore, my son, be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these. Entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The baton has to be passed on from each generation to the next. It must be 
carried forward. And so therefore, he goes on to say in verse 3, suffer hardship with me. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to involve suffering on, in various ways. And so he says to Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We're not soldiers of the U.S. And we're not soldiers of some agenda, some popular movement. We are soldiers of Jesus. We are soldiers of the Christ who died for us and was raised to the right hand of God. Suffer hardship with me, Paul says, as a good soldier of Christ, Jesus. No soldier in active service are you in active service? Yes, you are. And you will be in active service as a soldier of Christ until your last breath. You do not get to retire as a soldier of Jesus until God grants you the final rest. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. This life is an entanglement, is it not? And a soldier in active service does not get himself entangled in that stuff. Be strong. Be courageous. Why? Why is that so important? So that you may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Who enlisted you? The very one who has died for you. And the very one who reigns right now over you. He's the one who's enlisted you. And you think about, in closing, some the words of the Hebrew writer. You know, he talks about endurance. Particularly after chapter 11, there in chapter 12. And you've got the, a witness a cloud of witnesses surrounding us all. And we're, we're called to, to, to throw away, to lay aside, cast off all the encumbrances of sin that so easily entangle every one of us. Not just a few. Sin is an entanglement. And so you've got you to cut those strings. And he says, and you need to run. And run with endurance. It's not a sprint. Is till your death. Run the race that's set before us, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, for him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him, he says, who endured such hostility by sinners. And he then said, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Be strong. Be courageous. We have an amazing captain.
we have, an, we have an amazing commander who actually, in a very literal sense, has gone on before us, behind the veil, into heaven itself, and there he is. There he is, in glory, in victory, directing the battle. And we are his soldiers on that battlefield. And he says to each and every one of us, be strong. Be courageous. Do not fear. Do not tremble. Do not grow weary. Do not lose heart. Be strong. Be courageous. Because God has spoken. God has promised. And what God has promised and what he has sworn is true. There is, there is, no question about it, crowns of righteous waiting for all those who overcome and conquer. For all those who love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and are willing to begin the race. And to run that race with endurance. To fight that good fight that is set before us. And to keep the one faith no matter what it takes. Because we love God. And we love Jesus. We love the spirit. And we love the truth that much. That we want to stand on the eternal shores of our promised rest in glory where there is no more sin there's no more pain and sorrow where there's no more death and that promise is to those who are in Christ blessed are those who die in the Lord God has spoken it's a done deal blessed are those who died in the Lord. They are blessed. And to be in that number, to be uh, numbered among God's elect, who is around the glorious throne to describe the book of Revelation with praise and hallelujahs, to be there, you must put on Christ. If you're not a Christian, you're not numbered, with Christ yet. But he says, die for you so you can be. But you have to believe. You have to believe that that Jesus that really lived and walked on earth one day is the Christ, is the Son of God. You've got to believe that with all your heart. And that faith, then, let's take the steps A repenting of sin, turning away from the things that entangle us, confessing this faith in Jesus, God's Son, with your mouth, unashamedly before others, and being baptized into Christ to have your sins washed away by the power of God, and then to be raised to walk a new life with God's strength 
And with God's courage, go forward, he says. Have I not commanded you? Do it. And you are a Christian. And you stumble. And you're wounded in battle because of the entanglement of sin, but you've not made that right with your Father yet. And we want to encourage you as well to use today as an opportunity to get back in the fight. To receive the forgiveness that comes from the everlasting mercy and grace of God as you penitently confess those sins to Him and pray to Him and are renewed again. If we can assist you this morning in any way, spirits, we invite you personally to come now. We stand to see the psalmist.